0: Welcome to the Let That Go Show with Kassira McKee and Richard Skipper. This show is based on Kassira's book, Let That Go, where she guides people in completely blessing and releasing people, places, and all kinds of things. Kasira and Richard share personal insights and experiences based on concepts in Kassira's book with guests and you, their co-hosts. Are you ready to let that go? Let's go
1: the snow is wide on the ground, when Old Santa gets into town, he'll be coming down the chimney down. He'll be coming oh, down the, the chimney, chimney, chimney down. the holiday season. It's the holiday season. It's the Good girl and good
0: little boy. Santa is a great big bundle of joy when he's coming down the chimney down.
2: When is coming oh, down the, chimney the chimney
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm happy now. I'm okay. happy.
2: Okay, should I keep I'm going happy. or
0: should I stop it? No, we can stop now. Okay, Ziggy stop. Ah. Hello, happy holiday. I think it's only appropriate that we play some holiday music. Yes, what are you drinking?
2: What is that? Cranberry juice. Oh, no vodka. No, not for me. All right, I got my distilled water. Hello, hello.
0: I've got my my distilled water and I've got my lime boobly, boobly, boobly.
2: I love this time of year. I call it happy holidays and I call it H-O-L-L-Y and then D-A-Z-E because everybody's in a daze. A lot of people are in a daze, which I think is going to be appropriate for our talk tonight.
0: Okay. Well, hmm, all right. We'll see.
2: Well, I, wanna I say, have a, I
0: have some special songs for Hanukkah as we get closer. Uh,
2: well, I learned so much from you. Aww. And uh, first of all, how was your Thanksgiving? What did you do? Well, as you know, I work in the medical field,
0: and I spent five hours getting paid time and a half to to count controlled substances.
2: Okay. Good. <laughs>
0: I counted C2, three, and four drugs for five wow. hours and then, and then came home and had built a fire and have a, had a cocktail and watched some movies and made myself dinner. It was lovely. It was lovely. Yes, but I got, I earned some income on Thanksgiving. Well, good for you. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, I earned some income on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's great. Controlled substances are no, they're, that's no joke in this no, business.
2: No, no. So that's it took us
0: three, it took three, three of us, five. No, I'm sorry. It took four of us. It was me. The manager, the top manager, the operations manager, and another manager. I was the only non-manager who counted and input number of controlled substances we had on hand in a system. And it was, but we got a lot done, and and it was. I learned a lot, and it was great. You know, we that's what I, I earned. I,
2: you know, created income.
0: Which, and, and I know you, you cooked. You cooked for like a thousand. I people. cooked.
2: Uh, f- we had there were eight of us all together, uh, counting Danny and myself. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that you say we're, we're going to talk about tonight, because tonight mm-hmm. we are talking about letting go of stress, and you put stress in quotation marks mm-hmm. because you say it's not that none of us are really stressed; it's that we're overcommitted. Yes. So I will say, as the food is coming out on the table, I felt overcommitted. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. Well, that, thank you for being honest. Thank you. I
2: am, uh, you know, poor Danny who puts up with me. I, uh, I get. You know, you little... keep.
0: Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I got to correct you. You keep saying that. Danny doesn't put up with you. He loves you, and he's married well, to
2: that's, you. That's true. That's true. Okay, that's I'm correcting true.
0: you from now. Stop saying you, that.
2: I won't say that anymore. Unless Danny runs serious.
0: into the unless Danny runs into the frame and
2: goes, I just tolerate him. Then I don't believe you. I think he. So, know so my, my friend Russ is here and he also cooks I mean we've spent uh, Thanksgivings together and everything uh but uh and he can tell me if he has the same experience that I do but for me when you are cooking a, a meal especially when one is when one is cooking a meal when, when you
0: are cooking a meal
2: when I am cooking a meal uh-huh. I desire I would like everything to come out at the same exact time. So I am f- freaking out that the turkey and the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the broccoli, uh, uh, I mean, the Brussels sprouts and everything is going to come out at the same time. Okay, and that's a good gonna- story
0: to tell. Okay. And, uh,
2: and it doesn't always happen that way because there's one dish. Uh, for me, this year, the turkey. We have a new stove. And uh, this was the first time that I was cooking a complete meal uh, even though I've had the stove for months uh, uh-huh. in this oven, and it oh. is uh, so it uh, when I, and and also I invite everyone to arrive an hour before dinner. Sure, uh, most people arrive early, a couple or a little later, and I don't serve appetizers on Thanksgiving. And the reason I I I serve appetizers-
0: My family serves, you know, we have a crudité tray and we have an olive and dolmas tray. You know, we have a little nibbly things, but I wouldn't say we have actual hors d'oeuvres. Yeah.
2: But I mean, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, cocktails and drinks and everything because there's so much food that I don't want people to gorge out on appetizers. And I've been to Thanksgiving dinners. I, first of all, going to any party, anyone who knows me knows that I- I do not eat appetizers. Uh, oh, there's the so reason- many
0: calories. I used to serve them in New York. There are so many calories in appetizers.
2: I'm and, not even thinking um, of the calories. I know that once I start, I don't stop. Uh-huh. And yeah, I, it's like potato then, chips. Mm-hmm. And then when the food comes out, it's the last. Uh, I just do not want to do that. So tonight we're going to be talking about, you know, the fact that, and I love the fact that you say it's not that we are really stressed out as much. As it is that we feel overcommitted, and we, this kind okay, of okay, year,
0: can you grab? Can you do me a favor? Yes, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but grab the book. Grab sorry, the book. Page one eighty three. I'm on your. I want you to finish your story, but page one eighty three. Let's just clarify what I'm talking about, okay?
2: Exactly. So go ahead. Page
0: one. Who has the book? A lot of you got a lot the book. of people. Okay. Do. The middle of page one eighty three. You want to read it, Richard? We often, say how, overwhelmed we often we are. say
2: how overwhelmed we are when we are the ones who agree to our commitments and responsibilities. Knowing this, I have to say I have overcommitted myself. It's all in caps, everyone. That's why mm-hmm. I, uh, I know how to read a script and what I uh, what I can do to complete my commitments and be mindful of overcommitting uh, going forward. Yeah, go ahead. Now finish your story. So that that basically is it. So this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, everyone is, I mean, and I saw it on the news where people were rushing out to do their shoppings and, uh, you know, everyone's uh, hoping to get everything done uh, before the last minute uh, people. And then uh, there are people who feel, and with good reason, uh, that if so-and-so gives them a gift that they need to reciprocate. So they, re- they feel required to reciprocate. They feel required to do that. Mm-hmm. So it's constant that, especially this time of year, and it's also uh, uh, more so than any other time of year, um, unless you're Russ Woolley, who is the party king of the world. Um, and I say that with, you know, I love him dearly. Um, is that uh, this time of year the party? Uh, the imitations are coming in. They're flooding in. Thank God. Don't stop them, everyone. Keep them coming. Because, you know, uh, but I am the type of person that when I make a commitment to someone, I stay true to that commitment. And if I commit to this party, unless there's Mm -hmm. going to be ample time for me to leave that party to go to another party, I will not say yes to the second party. And the reason for that is if I'm having a great time, I don't want to leave that party. And all you're thinking about is leaving and getting to that other
0: party and you can't enjoy the first one because you've made another commitment. It's like people that
2: double book themselves in dates. It's true. And yeah. you know the thing is that you know we live in Rocking County and some of you may know Rocking County but we are only by car 25 minutes north of Manhattan. The rub, however, is that most of our friends who live in Manhattan uh, don't have cars. And so when I, it, it, and this is one thing that I do that a lot of people don't do, and this goes into the overcommitment commitment territory. Um, when I am planning the party, I am also planning carpooling. I'm finding out who has a car, how to get these people here, and I am spending all this time, in addition to the party, p- making plans for everyone to get here. And right. I. I remember years ago, someone saying to me when I arrange to ride with someone, um, "How much? Um, what time are they going to be leaving?" And I say, "If that's going to be a concern of yours, they're not the right person to come with. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a cab, get an Uber. So mm-hmm. that people, because if someone's having a good time, the last thing I want someone to do is say, "When are we going to be leaving?" Uh, and, you know, and they may not be having a good time, although that's impossible at one of my parties.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yes, Devo.
0: <laughs> Say it like it is. Devo. I know. I used to give parties in Dallas uh, and I love throwing parties. Why? I worked in the catering business in New York. I know how to throw a party. I don't know enough people here to throw a party, which is fine. Uh, I know. Uh, here's the thing. When I was thinking about the subject, and I was talking to Aaron Graylor helps me, write. Just hi, Aaron. Aaron helps me. Uh, he here? Have these, uh, he's not here yet. Um, he's had a very busy four days. He's had a really, really lovely, busy four days with his family in, in LA. He went to a magnificent car show yesterday and he sent me pictures. That's a, He said, I found your convertible. And that's all I'm going to say right now. He <laughs> found my convertible. Um, I remember growing up. Every holiday, every holiday, and from the day I was born until a handful of years before she passed away, my fraternal grandmother produced Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanks every year. She felt it was her duty. she they loved with food. Why? Because they survived the deep depression in the Texas countryside. Nothing worse than that. They were not rich. It was hotter than three hells. They didn't have air conditioning. They pulled together food as a community to feed all their men that were out in the, my fa, my grandfather was a steam fitter and, and my grandfather was a steam fitter, a tailor. His father owned the one room schoolhouse. He was a school teacher, a tailor, a Mason. They had, fa, they all had five jobs during the depression. So when Christmas came along, it was, it was a, the family pulled together in Bonham, Texas and produced Christmas together. And that's where my grandmother learned how to do it. So when, when she got married and had kids and, you know, she became the producer of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And mm-hmm. I tell you one year when I was a young adult, um, she, she fell apart. She, she was cooking and she went in to lay down and she wouldn't tell me what was wrong with her, which was usual for her. And my family showed up and said, Oh, she's really sick. And I said, I know. And she won't stop cooking. Oh. And it turned out, turned out she had pneumonia and had to go to the hospital (laughs) on Christmas because she worked herself into a frenzy, you know? And, and it was, I think it was not only her way of loving people. It was all, it was also her way of, you know, feeling like she had a purpose. It was her purpose to produce Thanksgiving and Christmas Easter. Everybody was on their own. Yet. I know, I know a lot of people that do this. I Mm -hmm. know families Mm -hmm. that do this. I know families that fight and do this. Why? Because it's what they do. And exactly. I'm asking myself, well, I, I, I've asked them before, then why do you do it? If you fight, why do you go, well, I have to. Why? Why? Because I'll never hear the end of it. And I say, you're not going to hear the end of anything anyway. Why not save yourself? Why not save yourself? And and they don't come up with a good answer. Or they feel obligated. There's a lot of, People I know that feel obligated with their families that they end up fighting with every Christmas.
2: Uh Natasha, I'm gonna bring this up because Natasha just said oh, my yeah. grandmother did as well Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and my grandmother yes. had 17 children. Good Natasha, Lord. my mom is the oldest of 16. So
0: Whoa. yes.
2: So I know that's a lot this. of breeding. Wow. My grandmother, my dad's mom, um, and this was not just Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, I grew you well. You grew up in the South, so yeah. maybe it was the same thing where you grew up. I don't know, mm-hmm. but where I grew up, uh, and this was again a different time, a different world. People dropped in on Saturday and yes. uh, on Sunday afternoon after church. People would go to their family meals, and then they would get in the car and they would go visit this family or that family or whatever. And my grandmother on Saturdays what i remember about going to my grandmother's house on a saturday year round this wasn't just christmas was the baking because it was like walking into a bakery my grandmother made homemade cakes she made strawberry cakes and she made believe it or she had a grape cake that was unbelievable from the grapes on the grapevines from outside i've never had that anywhere else but my grandmother made it um, All these cakes would be cooked, and my grandmother would be in the kitchen. I don't know how she did it, cooking for, imagine, she had 10 children, plus their wives, husbands and wives, and plus all the grandchildren, all coming together every, I mean, like almost every Sunday, And you know, Christmas, of course, is the biggie, and that was, and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It got so big, in fact, in my family that when I was a teenager, they built a new room onto my grandmother's house to accommodate the Christmas tree and all the presents.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, you know, I I, I'm reminded of my my well, okay, so on Christmas Day. After we got done with the with the Caucasian Thanksgiving, my father and I would tiptoe across the street to the Demas's where they had homemade tamales and buñuelos and tacos and pico de gallo gu- and all the Mexican Christmas. And this is so, after
2: you had a complete meal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my father, we would save room. And then at some point my dad would go, Is it time to go across the street? And i will go. And we'd we tiptoe across the street and eat tamales and <laughs> But, you know, uh, my my great aunt, my grandmother's sister, she and her son and his wife and their kids would do their Christmas or Thanksgiving at their house in Highland Park. And then they tootle over in the afternoon to see everybody else. So we had we squeezed so many people into a two bedroom, one bath house. It was great. And everybody loved it. They loved it. Why? Because my grandparents were the ones that sewed everything together they glued everything together when my grandfather was gone it ended i know and when my grandmother was gone it was over it was completely over and um i used to be really really sad about that however it's kind of a poetic ending isn't it it's like they my grandparents they came here they served they did what they did they left and we're on our own. And I'm like, okay, we're on our own. And I think what it left for us is a different kind of celebration. We we, we tried to talk a bit that, about this last week. We kind of got off track a little bit, but as we always do. However, um, my, my cousins, my first cousin, Bill in Dallas, who is was my, my big brother, he married someone who is Mexican-American. And her father... Was from originally Mexico, and he made traditional pork tamales every Christmas. Now, her sister, his daughter, Rebecca, she and her husband make and sell tortillas, uh, I'm sorry, tamales by the dozen every Christmas. So if we want tamales, we just go get them from Rebecca. You know, we order several dozen at a time. And I, I get a dozen for myself and I took a dozen to my brothers, you know, when my parents were there and everybody would get a dozen. To, I'd buy like four or five dozen and everybody would get their tor- your tamales and they could keep them in the freezer. You can freeze them and then thaw them out, you know, when you want them. So my, but I love it that my cousin Bill and his wife, Laura and their kids on Christmas Eve, they do mix, they do Tex-Mex Christmas. It's Mexican food, mm-hmm. and if we want to bring, so I used to make, you know, pigs in a Italian pigs in a blanket because the little, the boys like them, and you know, everybody would bring something else, but Tex-Mex. Christmas
2: now when lights. you say Italian pigs in a blanket, does that mean that? Uh, well, I roll up little Italian men and these little <laughs> cheese and these little burskas. So, no. Uh, you
0: know a, ta- a mozzarella cheese oh the, the little poo-poo doggies and the mozzarella cheese and Italian seasoning and a little garlic powder wow and they're, I they're never Italian they're that. really de- with uh, dipped in red sauce doling or what they call gravy in Italian ease
2: but, yeah, but this year yeah I, I mean the day was it, it just unfolded without the stress of uh what I need to do that day because I had everything mapped out and I didn't feel overwhelmed as guests started to arrive. I, uh, our friend Jennifer who may be watching tonight, she performed in the parade and they had a very hectic, uh, uh trip. Let me tell you, um, if any of you saw the parade just before, um, I
0: didn't. I was counting illegal drugs. Well, I know you Go were ahead. counting illegal well, drugs. Legal, illegal drugs. Okay.
2: But Go just ahead. before, uh, but, uh before uh, Santa Claus, they had the Macy's choir. Oh. They all came in. They rehearsed. They rehearsed. They rehearsed. They had to get up at four o'clock in the morning oh. to get COVID no, thank tests. You. And then they had to get on the char uh they had a breakfast. Then they got mm-hmm. on a charter bus, which took them all the way up to 76th Street, I think, where it begins. And then they sang all the way down uh, the parade route uh, to a track. Then they were supposed to do this big number. The group that was before them, they were like 150 kids. And they had so much trouble corralling all those kids to get them in place in time, that NBC cut their song.
0: Oh, you only got like You only
2: got like a few seconds of the song.
0: Oh, shit. All that After work for NASA. Sc- sorry. All that yes, work for okay. Oh, man. After all that work. Oh. Yeah. But, well, it was one of the expectations on the list, and they didn't make time for it. They didn't make time for moving humans. People, people moving is what I call it. They didn't make time for people moving. They're not robots. They're human beings, for God's sake.
2: Well, you bring up a very interesting point that I'm just thinking about. Mm-hmm. When we plan parties and everything, mm-hmm. we very rarely plan contingency plans. In yeah. Case something you know? Something do you have a backup happens. plan? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't anticipate that anything's going to go wrong or anything. But sometimes things do go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, right after we got yeah. this stove, I invited friends over. The first night, I, you know, we were, it was going to be our first dinner, you know, with the new stove and our new kitchen and everything. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I put a brisket in the oven at three o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and uh, I could not wait to sit down for dinner. And when I went to open the the oven door, it was cold because the timer had not gone off. And so we had to we Ended up ordering a pizza. What first, we, I mean, that this was years ago, I mean, not years ago, but months ago when we first uh, got this. Uh, Sherry says, You that, know,
0: uh, you know, on General Hospital, that is a yearly. If anybody's ever watched General Hospital, I grew up on it. It's a soap opera, it's still on. Mm-hmm. The, the Quartermain family orders pizza because that happened one year, so instead of. They give the chef the day off and they order shitloads of pizza for a huge rich family. And that's what they have on Christmas's pizza. I think it's a great Hey, get a pizza oven. Make a pizza. Make pizzas
2: all day. I think I it, and it's a great idea. I love doing that.
0: <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 I want to comment on D said it can be such a shock and reveal so much when those glue people pass. Yes. And then guess what? But here's the upside. We get to make our own new traditions. And that's what one of the, it's a very short chapter of my book, but it's on how, how, why do we hold on to traditions?
2: Well, we talked about this. I I, I don't remember if we talked about it on the show last week, because last Mm -hmm. week you and I not only did the show, but we had our book club, which is of course uh, your book, uh, back to back. But we talked about that idea of never being able to go home again, or those places that don't exist uh, anymore, that we hold on to. And this is a perfect example. Um, Our grandparents are not here anymore. Uh, There are a lot of traditions that I still carry with me. The whole idea of Richard Skipper Celebrates all comes from my grandmother. My grandmother Skipper, she celebrated every holiday to the hilt Valentine's Day. The house was decorated in valentines. St. Patrick's Day. Everything was in green. I mean, my grandmother loved and celebrated every holiday. And Mm -hmm. then, Carrie Herman with Mm -hmm. "It's Today." uh, It's that whole idea of Mm -hmm. every day is to be celebrated. And I really, you know, think so. And I want to say something, uh, you know, just to change the subject for just a quick second. I want to do a shout out. Shocker. Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. Because, I mean, we we are all about celebrating, but I was so saddened by Irene Cara's passing away. I knew her. Oh, you did? I knew her. Not in time to her in years. We knew each other
0: in L.A. I was working with a producer that worked with her, and I was recording with him, and she asked to come over, and I don't know why she came over, to get something or do. Anyway, that's when I met her. And um, that was in the early nineties and she was broke. Wow. She had a beautiful house in the Hills and she was selling stuff out of her house because she had no money. No one would give her, everybody started just ignoring her and nobody would record her again. And no one, yeah, it was so sad. And she was still gorgeous. She still looked like her. And we were friends for a few years and, and I lost contact with her cause she kind of fell off a little bit over time. And uh, she was a lovely, lovely diva. She was a, she was a diva too, honey. And she was well, lovely. She was lovely. And I'm, and she only two years older than me.
2: Well, there's a method to my madness bringing that up right now, because uh-huh. I mean, you know, again, uh, on social media, I'm seeing this outpouring of love for her and I wonder mm-hmm. if she felt this in her lifetime.
1: If no, she,
2: you don't think she felt it.
0: No, I do not. I people forgot about her. They're like, okay, you're done, and just put kind of put her out to pasture for a while, and she never came out with anything new again.
2: I'm bringing and up. It shouldn't, uh, have been, it
0: shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been that way. It should not have been that way.
2: No, I you know I hope that her transition was peaceful. Uh, because we don't know the cause of it we her. don't
0: we don't know the cause of it yeah.
2: yeah, but same thing with me, Russ. It was that time I had just come to New York. the first apartment that I lived in the I rented an apartment for five years uh a room in an apartment um and Maureen Teefee, who played Doris in fame. oh I the, love her. She, well, she had the room before I did.
0: So oh, I love that.
2: degrees of separation. But uh-huh. I mentioned this because I mean, things and especially this type of time of year, uh, people get overwhelmed because the people no
0: they overcommit,
2: overcommit. But uh, the overcommitment, uh, this is not about overcommitment that I'm talking about. When I say overwhelmed, overwhelmed,
0: OK, go ahead. Well,
2: maybe that's not the right word I'm looking for um, by the feelings of loss. Uh, of those oh, okay, that that's up.
0: they. Okay, so that's a totally different. They are overcome with grief. Mm-hmm. They're overcome with grief. That's what that
2: is. Okay. Yeah, but it, it, in yeah, you know, and a lot. I mean, just as I'm doing this Christmas concert, uh, a, you know, on the tenth, for anyone who's going to be in the area, um, and it's uh remembering, you know, Christmas memories, and as I'm working on this. Um, and I'm thinking about Christmas memories and my first time in New York without my family and all those things. Uh, a lot of emotions have come up for me. Okay. Just yeah. in, you know, in prepping this. But let's talk about the other area. Well, I want to ask, can I, can,
0: I, can I ask you something? Yes. Can we have Dee on? Dee, you want to join us?
2: Yeah. If she says Danielle? yes, um, uh, right, s- send her the link if she says yes. Uh,
0: okay, hang on. You
2: can text it to her. Okay. The same link that we brought you on. I don't have her
0: email address. You have her email address?
2: Uh, Are you friends on Facebook?
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Send it to her in Messenger. Just send it to her. And if she Uh, can, she can come on.
0: Okay. Good idea.
2: Yes. Uh, There are
0: so many things we can do nowadays, huh?
2: There are so many things.
0: Things we can do on our phones—it just amazes me. Uh, Okay, I do not have the link.
2: It's the same link I sent you for tonight's show. If not, I can send it. it? I can send it to her. You emailed
0: it. Send it to her because you emailed it to me.
2: Okay, maybe. I'm not able
0: to send it to her, but but D, I need to have your email address. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I will send this to her right now. So keep talking. I'm doing that.
0: So so talk amongst yourselves. The Roman Empire is neither Roman nor an empire. Discuss. Um so my thing. Oh, she says I can't come on tonight. I'm sorry. Already laying in bed. That's okay. Um
2: well come lie in bed with us.
0: Aha! That would no, thank you. Um how about how about Russ?
2: Uh, if Russ wants to come on, I can bring him Russ, on. Russ,
0: who wants to come on? Russ, you guys tell Russ me who wants to come on. one of my best
2: friends in the planet. Uh, Russ, do you want to okay, come who
0: on? who wants to come on?
2: Yes, we'll bring uh on another time. Uh, but speaking of guests, I want to remind everybody that next Sunday, uh, we will be celebrating the full Noel moon.
1: Moon, uh, yes. The
2: Noel moon, of course, is going to be on the 7th. Uh, and... Uh, Russ says he's a mess. Um, How about Sherry? Sherry? Well, I thought of Sherry, too. Sherry, you want to join us, baby? I've invited uh, I hope she'll say yes, but uh, Sherry, you're welcome to come on.
0: Who wants to join us? Because you all have so much to say about this, and I love it. But um, um, I wish
2: you were here for Alan. That's I direct the and uh, that's when I uh, decorate the Christmas tree. Uh, She's. uh, Oh, he says, give him five minutes to set up laptop. Uh, Russ, in the meantime, I'm going to send you uh, the link in your messenger. Uh, Yeah. uh, So just look for it there.
0: All my LTG ears are. You know. Uh, Can we expect the first Noel sing along next week? Well, it's Noel. I don't know. Here's the thing: there's copyright issues if we sing a whole song. However, I, we can play, I, there are a friend of mine, Matt uh, Woolbury in Dallas, sings uh, Celtic and Druid winter music. And let me see if he's got something and, and see if he'll let me play something that he's got. Um, uh, oh, you're eating and watching dinner and a movie. I love it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But we're definitely, we're doing the full moon and we'll do a Noel meditation of some sort. We'll do, we'll do some sort of druid kind of, I, you know, some people don't like the word druid, some sort of earthy. We'll definitely do the singing bell and we'll, we'll definitely uh, do a meditation of some sort. Yeah.
2: I'm loving it. I love, I love Aaron. Uh, I, uh, last night I did a show uh, that Mm -hmm. started out talking about auras, uh, but it ended up becoming about how I came to begin my carol career. Now,
0: how did you go from aura to your carol career? How do you keep doing that? Because
2: our auras are intermingling.
0: Well, okay. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) But you know, uh, we should bring Alan on sometime because he's a brilliant piano player.
0: Okay, from Uh, now on, everybody make yourself presentable.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. It's almost
2: trying for the Winter Mercury Retrograde Show. And... Um, well we'll talk about that we'll we'll
0: talk about that we, we end up we do typically talk about what's coming into retrograde and all that stuff retrograde I just can be so
2: scary you know retrograde.
0: I was born during a mercury retrograde I'm fine it's everybody else that's falling apart. I know I know so I'm, I'm like okay what's the what's the problem and everybody's going we're falling we're
2: melting you know and I'm like okay um Oh, Alan said he loved my Aura Edition last night. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, the pre-shadow. Starts uh, so it's
0: pre-shadow. St- what? Celebrate pre-shadow starts December fourteenth. Okay. Before we'll the Mercury
2: retrograde. That.
0: We'll look at that. We'll look at that. Um, I feel it I mean, because you know I was born during a Mercury retrograde. I feel it very strongly, and it's usually emotional, and it affects my environment. That's what's so strange. It doesn't. Affect it doesn't affect my actions. It affects other people's actions and what's going on with them in the material world. Yet I feel it emotionally, way before and way after a Mercury retrograde, or pretty much any retrograde.
2: But I will yeah. tell you this: since I have learned more about Mercury retrograde and what it mm-hmm. is, um, mm-hmm. I embrace it because it's rethinking, it's retreading, it's re, uh, it, it's uh, it's a chance to just look back. And uh, to me, it's not a negative. It's, uh, you know, if you look at it for that way, I know when yeah. to sign contracts, mm-hmm. when to prepare for things. I go into it with my eyes wide open. And I just got a new, uh, I, I actually received a Mercury Retrograde uh, diary to take notes. Uh, nice. Yes. Uh, you know, it,
0: Mercury Retrograde, we can complete something we already started what's not suggested is that we start something new unless it's during a a new moon yeah uh yet you know here's the thing it's also only suggested we can do whatever we want we can have whatever we want and do whatever we want Uh, And and what we require and desire. And that's what when I used to read, when I used to do cards and psychic work for a living, um, you know, I would just tell them this is a suggestion. You can do anything you like with what I'm telling you right now. You can disagree and not follow it at all or you can follow it, you know.
2: Well, most psychics, at least the psychics that I've known, where I've gone for psychics that I believe in. And, you know, and of course, we have a few here watching tonight. Um, they don't plant the seeds of negativity uh, because planting those seeds of negativity, uh, you can manifest things if you focus on that negativity. And I think it's yeah. best not to hold on to that. Let it go. I mean, we,
0: we can be forewarned, but it does, yes. doesn't necessarily mean we, need, we must go in and into it with fear is my point. Is it, so it's not necessarily bad or good. It's what we make of it going forward as we experience as we have the life experience with it yeah mm-hmm.
2: but I you know I as this year is winding down I'm at a good place I uh, you know I I have gone through a lot of frustration this year a lot of uh, oh, I will be honest
0: oh let's talk about that feeling.
2: you want to talk about that
0: I want to talk about what what you all think frustration it frustration is not a feeling. Mm -hmm. it's a combination of other feelings Mm -hmm. so the number one chapter in my book is why we hold on to thoughts and feelings that's what this show is about this Mm -hmm. show is about my book Mm -hmm. this show is the let get go show and it's about my book why we hold on to thoughts and feelings that is on page 88. let's talk about frustration because many people feel it on the top of 89. In the world of psychology, there are only a handful of feelings that are recognized as basic feelings. Everything else is a branch on of the combination. This. I love this. Uh, they are anger, fear, sadness, disappointment, disgust, humiliation, surprise, and joy. Disgust and surprise are new feelings that were added on when I was writing this book. New feelings recognized by the psychology, you know, environment. Um what do you think for you? And frustration is different for everyone. So mm-hmm. so Richard, what is frustration for you? Look at this list and tell me what frustration is for you. Or do you mind?
2: No, I don't mind at all. Okay. Uh, I'm an open book. Um, I think for me that pr- probably frustration for me um, is a huge combination of anger and disappointment. Okay. Those are, you know, looking at all of those, um, it's not fear or sadness or disgust or humiliation. Mm-hmm. It's anger and disappointment. Okay. And the anger comes from, are you ready, everybody? Expectations. Okay. Talk, we talk about
0: this a yeah. lot. Does everybody remember us talking about this a lot? Yeah. Yes, that's exactly, Alan. You're exactly right, Alan. Mercury retrograde is a time to reflect. It's not, a, you know, a lot of people have electronic issues. Um, I've had blow dryers die on me during Mercury
2: retrograde. <laughs> right in the middle I mean, of a hair perm.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I don't get perms. But, uh, you know, if I'm blow drying, it'll just go, bye-bye. That does happen. Oh, here's I Russ.
2: I want you here's to Russ. meet my friend Russ. Hi,
0: Hi Russ. Russ.
1: Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, Russ. I'm so well, glad you're here. Sierra, nice to meet you. Hi, Russie Russ. Russ is truly
2: one of my favorite people on the planet. Um, Aww. He's, he's been, he, no, he's been, uh, he epitomizes the word friend. Aww. Well, you know,
1: Richard, in order to be a good friend or have good friends, you've got to be a good friend, so you no, are thank too. Thank but
2: he's a very good friend, so I'm thrilled that you're here tonight. Lovely. So, thank Lovely. you for joining us. So um, did you feel overcommitted at all? Do you ever feel overcommitted, Russ? In the yeah.
1: holidays? Yeah, not so much with the holidays, but with other things. You know, as okay. we get older and get to a certain age, I'm I'm 62. You learn that no is actually a really good thing to say. Yes, we've got a show
0: helpful. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's not just, Kasira, it's not just helpful for you. It's helpful for everybody else. Uh-huh. And it's part of being clear, I think, right? Being a better uh-huh. thinker or a clear thinker to be able to say no. Uh-huh. But I'll tell you something else. I saw an interview a couple of weeks ago
2: uh, with uh, Michelle Obama and her mom. And oh, that was so Did you see the interview? I did. I would love to sit down and have dinner with Michelle Obama's mother because – she yes. was talking about raising her. She said she didn't raise children, she raised adults. Mm. So, from a very early age. And she said the one thing that got her through raising her children were these three words I don't know. Right. And because everybody thinks that parents are supposed to have all the answers and everything. And she's the kids would come to her and they say, Mom, what about this? Or, and she'd say, I don't know. And it's okay to say, I don't know. And that's another thing that uh, creates uh, this uh, sense of overcommitment. If, you know, if you don't know what your schedule is going to be or something, simply say, I don't know what my day is going to be like on that day. Mm -hmm. You and I have had days
1: like that, Russ. (laughs) Oh, we absolutely have. As a matter of fact, somebody said to me today, a a very dear friend, my friend Catherine said, you know, you're really the king of the last minute. And it's not. Fear of missing out. It's not fear of better offer. It's just, I really don't know what my schedule is going to be later. And it would be like, hey, Kasira, I'm going to see a show tonight at seven. Would you like to go? And you can or you can't. And it's not that I didn't think enough ahead of time to plan it. It's just all of us are kind of busy with our businesses or or family Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm But Yeah, also, I, I mean yeah, you can't we, we can't I mean there are people, you know, there are artists
0: that project themselves into the future a year from now and book themselves. Right. And it's it's their living. You know, um our friend really? Billy Stritch, you know, he books himself way in advance for stuff. And um and I Thoughts and he's really good Billy about right
2: now, What? Right. Thoughts and prayers to Billy. His nope. mother just passed away.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yes, I understand. Yeah, I need to call him. I, I haven't bugged him because I know everybody's calling him. Uh, and I'll call it. We're old friends from Texas. We've known each other since the, our Texas days. Um, yet, you know, and then there's, you know, when people call me about, hey, this is happening and blue, blue, blah, blah. And I, I once committed myself to a show that I realized as we got closer to um, rehearsals that I couldn't do it. I said, I, I just, I cannot turn. In order to do this, I have to turn off the rest of my life, and I can't. I did not realize that I was going to have to turn off the rest of my life, and I can't turn off the rest of my life because it will affect other people. I did, did not you, have a contract. I did not have a contract. It was an agreement, a verbal agreement, mm-hmm. and I and I said no, and I didn't do the show. It was in Dallas. Did,
1: uh, you, did you say yes initially because it was something that was really of great interest to you, and then your yes, just wouldn't permit it. Yeah. Let me ask you. it doesn't happen often. It
0: right. does. not happen often. Yet I typically, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm an intuitive person, and I can throw myself forward and say, well, "Do I think I can do this? You know, do I think I can do this in March? Can I do this in February? Can I do this in April?" Uh, and I look at my life as it is now, and and you know, there are some things that I'm willing to shift, which takes a lot of energy sometimes that to make it happen yet if i if i don't believe that i can shift the energy and when i say that i don't believe that other people are going to be on my page and support me in shifting the energy because there's always other people involved right so Mm -hmm. when we make when we make when we amend as sherry likes to say and i like that word sherry or daniel danielle I, i if we if we are looking to be able to amend something and I don't think that the other people are going to be amend with me. I'll say no.
2: Mm-hmm. But do you ever find either Russ or Kassari, the one of you could answer this, um, that you uh, sometimes uh, say yes, because you don't want to let the other person down?
1: I used not to. Ne-
0: not anymore. Yeah. Right. Not anymore. Um I had a friend that used to endow, an ex-friend in Dallas that used to railroad me and lots of people into things all the time. He used to volunteer us for things without talking to us first. And then a whole group of people would be expecting us to pull this off. And we do it because he, they were expecting us to do it because of his big mouth. I'm no longer friends with him, just saying. And a lot of other people aren't either because that is, it's so, it's so controlling to, that's the only word I can figure out. It's so controlling to assume that one is going to commit you to something because you're their friend and you're not going to say no it's, it's, other, the, it's really it's really ballsy to just say, "Oh yeah, my friend will do it, and then everybody's expecting you know one to do it, and then you're like, well exactly there's
2: a whole other layer to that onion, and that layer is when you like myself, because and Russ, you can vouch for me on this one, um I get a lot done. And because I get a lot done, there are other people that will drop the ball, thinking, "Well, Richard will take care of it.
1: Oh, It'll yeah, get done." That's very common in your life, or As, has been, anyway.
2: You know, uh, with with this show, I'm one person, and Russ, you can figure it out who it is. One person doesn't return their phone calls, doesn't respond. I have everyone's songs in place except for this one person, um, uh, and uh, well, maybe they just
0: they really, you know what. Sometimes people want to they, they desire to say no, and they just don't
2: have the balls to do no. it. No, this person reached out that wanted to be a part of this, mm-hmm. and you know, and then uh, and then it it's the frustration because but he it,
1: kind of took that person. I'm sure if it's who I think it is, yes, he probably took it knowing that this was probably what was going to happen. Oh, because- of course, <laughs> and you know, right. and it's
2: it's like herding cats. Right, I mean, it, you're not just one. The <laughs> there's, there's a whole cast that I'm dealing with, and if mm-hmm. I had to do that with every person of the cast, I would lose my mind. You know, it's very. Well, at least at least at least you're the
0: producer. I I'm not going to go into the long hard story, but I used to produce shows in Dallas at a certain club. I had divas and Divos nights, and my first show was a night of divas, and I booked all the, all the women that i really really desired and required said yes and i had it all organized the owner of the club started booking people himself and call and, and emailing me and saying oh i just booked this person for the show and i said uh, wait a minute wait hang on i'm in charge this is my show and you're you know you you own the club and he kept booking guess what all of the people he booked were horrid and the people i booked were amazing i'm not i'm not just saying that i'm not just saying that y'all Mm-hmm. Yet, <laughs> he just wanted, he wanted to look at, He, he knew, you know, when he booked him, when they walked into the restaurant, and he knew they were a singer and they had dinner, and he wanted to look really important. He was showing off. Yes. Oh, I own this club, and this girl's doing this show, but I'm inviting you to be in it without my permission. And that was like hurting not cats, it was like hurting jaguars. It was horrible. Well, when, and, and I did it, and I got paid very little to do it. So I've
2: been there. I've been well, there. Carol, our friend Carol, um, I'll bring up uh, our christmas carol oh. yes. uh, but carol she used to always say you need a benevolent despot that's what she used to, nice. used to refer to gower champion as right. um, when i was uh, when i was doing wednesday night there's there she is are there's- you talking
0: about me richard yes. <laughs> richard richard are you talking yes. about
2: me yes oh, okay. i sent that to her so um when i um when I was doing Wednesday Night at the Iguana with Dana Lord, may she be peaceful wherever she is, Um, Dana and I, it became a tug of war between uh, the two of us because she would do the same thing. We would have our lineup uh, for the night, and mm-hmm. if somebody walked in the door that she wanted to earn brownie points with or to uh, be in their good graces or something, she would come over and say, squeeze so-and-so into the show. And I'd go, we're going to go over. It, there's no way that we're going to be able I to hate
0: that. I I I loathe that when people do that. I love and, that. And
2: the thing for me and you know this Russ, it's always about the audience. Yeah. You know, I yes. never want to go over. I never want the audience uh and one mm-hmm. thing that is a big turnoff for me as a uh it, it, sitting in the audience is a fake encore. Yeah. Uh it, it, you know, for me, when I was doing my shows, I always said, if I get a standing ovation and it's genuine, I will do an encore. And I and I stood by it. Uh, because I'm not one to just step off the stage and say, well, you know I'm going to do an encore. Well, the audience has not asked for an encore. An encore is a request. You know, so.
1: And I've seen some encores go really, really, really bad too. You know, the show ended on a wonderful up note, and all of a sudden they come back. Oh, we just got
0: spammed. Hang, Hang on. I got Hang it. On. We, we just
1: I got, got spammed. It. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm quick in the trigger. <laughs>
0: hey, Richard. Richard, they want you to find a hot
2: girl. I, I saw it. Oh, the last hot. <laughs> I got one right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, I'm so sorry, Rob. Rob. I'm sorry, Russ. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, what did I just miss? I want to know what I missed. We got no, fans. Uh, we got Somebody fans wants Richard to find a was hot girl. Asking if we were looking for hot girls. Oh, well, my goodness, I got the vapor.
0: It's <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh, I I, you know I secretly, I secretly, secretly kind of like that because it's just, it's like, oh, let's let's have a little break in what
1: we're doing. <laughs> yeah, it is funny. What what I was saying before about those encores, Richard, is. And sometimes they're just so poorly planned, too. Or uh-huh. They usually are. You know, if the show is ending on an up note and they come back and they do this very dark, slow ballad, and that's now ending after such a yeah. wonderful ending, it, it's just, it's not the thing to do. It leaves your audience feeling a little bit less than, I think.
0: Well, well I, I have to say, that. one year, the, the year that I did... A Divas and Devo's Wonderland Christmas. I was really strict about it, really strict. I said, all right, listen, we're going to have me and my musical director, David Bogle, amazing Grammy Award winning jazz guy. He's on the Grammy board. He's in Dallas. I love him. And I said, we're going to have this many men and this many women and you and me. And that's it. And that's all we had. And it was beautiful. It was so well planned out. I had my friend Randy Perlman on who does a lot of theater and he's also a cantor uh, in Texas. And he opened the show with a Hanukkah, uh, the the, um, religious opening and lit the menorah. And then we had a good old damn time, man. We had a great time, but only a certain amount. I think there were three of us women and three men. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Three or four women and three or four men and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was so well planned out. This night of divas where I committed 10 people and my the club owner committed 12 more.
1: Richard, it sounds like an evening of the Mac Awards for six hours. <laughs> You know, that really, but at the end, you know, the finale
0: was uh, Chaka Khan's I'm Every Woman. I handed everybody a lyric sheet and they sang it because everybody knows Chaka Khan's I'm Every Woman. Sure. And they all sang it and it was fantastic and people really loved it. Yet we were packed to the gills because he booked too many other people. Um, You know, I, I think when we, Richard and I talk a lot about something in the show. We have honest conversation. I go, hey, why don't we try this? Let's do this. Or. I would like to try that. What do you want to do? And he'll go, okay, there's gotta be dialogue. Mm -hmm. We cannot Mm -hmm. allow surprises. We just can't do it. And, you know, I know that during the holidays we get people surprises and there's a lot of nice surprises out there, but yet when one commits themselves and says, this is what I'm doing, what are you doing? You know, and you don't get a commitment it throws everybody else off and it's it's not fair to everyone else and i feel like people that do that just don't give a shit excuse me i said the word shit again i'm sorry richard but they don't care (laughs) about how they affect anyone else
1: right
0: that's the clincher right there richard i haven't i said yes but now i'm not i don't know and i don't care how i affect everybody else maybe i'll just watch walk in a half hour or maybe 15 till and just do whatever I want. No, no, there has but to I be an agreement. People,
2: And I'm not mentioning any names who volunteer and volunteer and volunteer. Mm-hmm. And then they feel overwhelmed. And they oh, have, I
1: know exactly who you're talking. Yes.
2: About. And they take they're it. Called on. Mar- they're called martyrs.
1: Yes, yes. But
2: but they take it on on themselves. No one told you to do this, no one asked you to do this. You volunteered to do this, and now yes. you feel overwhelmed. And something comes up at the last minute. I you know, I'll tell you, and then I'm gonna end with this because I want to wrap up on time tonight. Okay, okay. Um, but um years ago I was performing at Saddleback College in Laguna Beach, and uh when we were out there, um Two of the guys at the college invited us to go. They were um, ambassadors for Disneyland. And they invited us to go to Disneyland. And we didn't have to stand in line to get on the rides. Uh, We didn't have to. I mean, everything was taken care of. When we walked through the gates, little did we know, we walked through the gates the exact hour on the 50th anniversary of Disneyland opening in Mm. Disney. And it was, for me, I was a kid on Christmas morning. I was so happy and everything. But we had, all, we had made plans that at 6 o'clock that night, we were going to have dinner with another friend. And I felt awful because there was just too much to do at Disneyland. And I was going, how am I ever going to do what I want to do here and make her happy as well? And they knew her. And they said, be honest with her. Just tell her the truth. And when I called her and I said, "Marie, I'm sorry. This is what's going on." She said, "Richard, I understand. If I were in your shoes, I would do the same thing." We're going to see each other when you come back into town, and that's exactly what we did. And that's my final remark for the night. Okay. Don't I'd, like, I'd like to
0: end. I'd like to end this with a short four-minute meditation. Everybody, take a deep breath. Now, last time we meditated, you guys were still texting each other. I'm asking that you don't. (laughs) I know it's hard to stop talking to each other because we all love each other. But if you could just stop, just stop for me for a minute. Take a deep breath. Let's close our eyes. and Let's meditate on the thought of overcommitment. What does that mean to us? What does overcommitment mean to you? What does it feel like? Think about when you've been overwhelmed and you're stressed and you realize you've overcommitted yourself. I want you to feel the feelings. What did it feel like? Were you angry? Were you fearful? Were you disappointed? Were you sad? Were you disgusted with yourself? Were you disgusted with other people? Or is there any joy involved at all? I realize when we've completed it and we've done it, there's a feeling of accomplishment and satisfaction. Yet the struggle along the way, is it really worth it? Is that struggle really worth it? Just think about that for a minute. Feel that energy coming from your crown chakra down through your head, your third eye, your pineal gland, your heart chakra your tummy chakra, your sacral chakra, your root chakra, all of it. Feel everything lighting up, going down through the earth and coming back up and aligning yourself with the universe. Think about when you have felt stressed and overwhelmed and take my advice. Let it go, whatever's behind it. Whatever feelings, whatever thoughts, Whatever thoughts of commitment that you really, that you know you really couldn't commit to and all the pressure you put yourself under and all the feelings and thoughts that you had as a result. Let it go. Breathe in, breathe out, let those thoughts and feelings go. Just release them right now. Release those overcommitments. Release the stress of your own overcommitment. And now as we journey through the let that go show, through the month of December, we're gonna have a great time. We're gonna talk about really relevant things of this nature. And I'd really, really, really like to assist you, assist you if you're willing, if you're willing to let go of these things through the holidays. I'd really, really love to, and I welcome assisting you and letting them go. (sighs) Gather yourself in your body. Open your eyes. In the future, I hope that we have some more meditative time because I think it's really useful for our family here to come together and bring in this energy together and breathe together and collectively as a collective conscious let stuff go we've been doing it for over a year now right richard that's right we've been doing it for over a year and i'm so proud i just i every time i say this i just i just break into tears i'm so proud of our little family here and i hope that you are feel the time and you feel able to bring in someone else who you know is required and desires to let stuff go. I am more than willing to help you do it, more than willing to assist you in doing it. And so was Richard, and so was Russ, and so was Natasha, and Sherry, and Dee, and Alan, and Aaron, who wasn't here tonight, and everybody who's with us in this little family of ours, letting you to help, I, I, here's my my wish, my hope, My desire, my determination is that at the beginning of the year, I'm going to establish January 2nd as National Let That Go Day. And on the 2nd, I'd like to do a show, if Richard is willing and able. We'll do a National Let That Go Day and we'll invite people in to feel welcome and, and feel safe and letting stuff go. With that, I'll let you go. Next week is our full moon show. I love you, Richard. Thank you, okay, Russ. you, you, Thank you. I Thanks, you Russ. I hey, love hey, you, Russ. I love you, everybody. I'll see you next Sunday with Aaron yes. and Richard.
2: Yes. Bye. Yeah.